0: What's up y'all, giving Scotty and Justin a break this week, but Kevin and I talk about the Braves, college football, and as always, lament the Falcons. Honestly, I mainly pretend I'm a therapist and give Kevin space to process his feelings as his two favorite college football teams are both epic dumpster fires right now. see the freaking braves lost today oh yes or i heard
1: (laughs) i I heard it on the radio which is what always happens every time i'm driving around doing my job listening to the dang braves on the radio they lose
0: you have the uh business special the 1220 start where all the uh corporations go and have their meetings while watching the game
1: yeah what's funny is to a loss what's funny is that they uh those games seem to go way faster than if it's a night game, and I don't understand why. It must be that there's not really TV breaks or something, because it starts at 12, and it's over by 4. I'm like, that's the way baseball should be all the time, instead of 5 hours. I mean, hours. it's normally 4 hours, isn't it? I don't know. Sometimes it feels like it's 5 hours. Well, yeah.
0: I feel like most baseball games are between 3 and 4 hours.
1: Yeah. But... Know. uh they they had it, man. They were up two to one, and, then, and Chavez screwed it up. And then there's a base running snafu. So you know, it, I know that you're not going to win the whole. You're not going to sweep people, but it'd be kind of nice to win the division instead of the wild card, right? Hey, so, we still
0: got a chance. Mets come to yeah, town.
1: Exactly, and we still got to play the Nats and the Marlins and the Phillies again too. Right. Philly's, uh, in Philadelphia, right? Yeah, it is. And I think Washington's in Washington as well. So I think the, it's, it's, uh, I think we either go into Washington or go into Philly and we have the Mets. And then the last homestand is the Marlins, I believe,
0: which was a, it's a makeup homestand. Yeah. Cause really really, right. Weather it's like a three, which is weird that you, you're making up three whole games. Yeah. Um, The Mets was originally supposed to be the last season, or excuse me, series of the season. Gotcha. That is no longer true.
1: Well, they need to, they have, I feel like they have to sweep that. There's no. What, the Mets? Yeah. They can't lose any games to the Mets. You have to basically win out.
0: I mean, I always want to sweep the Mets, even if we're not in it. Just sweep the Mets. Even if we have bad players, just sweep the Mets. Just beat them. Yeah. Just figure it out. I will say, I. It's really weird to have a pitcher like Spencer Strider because usually when you have a pitcher that dominant, they're on another team. You know, yeah. oh <laughs> you're yeah. Like reading about it, you're like reading about it, like I don't know, like a Steven Strasburg or, or like, but this dude is striking out at like a clip, striking people out at a clip that's like historic now. Yeah. I He's... think. Hold on. I think the stat I saw is. Strider is the only pitcher in Major League Baseball history with 200 plus strikeouts and and fewer than 100 hits allowed
1: in a single season, ever. And and most other all the other pitchers, um, I've heard they've they've been talking about on the radio. No other no other rookie pitcher has ever done that. Usually, it takes them a few years to get to that. You know. Oh, the 200 strikeouts. Yeah. yeah. Like even Randy Johnson wasn't a rookie when he hit 200 strikeouts.
0: Well. I think, I know which stat you're talking about. You're talking about the one that was uh hits 200 strikeouts in a certain number of innings. Time. Yeah. <sighs> and Randy Johnson did it in like 01, um, and close to what Spencer did. And Spencer beat his record or something. Something ridiculous really yeah. like that. Yeah. No, it's stupid. And so when you look at it, I'm looking at the playoffs, I'm like, you got Spencer Strider, who you can just slot in what is like your second or third? Yeah. And you got, like, Wright and Freed and
1: Charlie. Like, who wants to face that? Nobody. So I'm feeling good. I mean, too. I You know, I feel like some of these guys are... They got to get out of this slump, and hopefully they can do that, you know, before the playoffs. Yeah. No, for so, sure. Like, Matt Olsen needs Snit, to heat up.
0: Gotta hope Snit gets hot with the old bullpen slot machine. Oh, yeah. He likes and to then, roll the dice and be like, I know this guy sucked two days in a row, but... Today's the day.
1: And you see Kenley Jansen trying to screw it up last night. I mean, (laughs) I thought
0: he was going to break.
1: What's his head in half? Uh, I I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Grissom. And then, uh, you know, what else I thought was these guys are so like they know he's so crappy that they want to insult him by bunting three times in a row. Like that's how bad they know they can get under him. You know, it's like we're going to test his athleticism. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> I
1: mean it's not a bad approach. <laughs> yeah. I mean he almost bull rushed the you know injured injured her own guy and trying to make a play. But I know,
0: I know it's it's always really funny when you see like a heavy set pitcher. And you're like this is an athlete? Yeah. Every time I see <laughs> one, <clears throat> excuse me, every time I see one, I I think of this quote. I want to say it's Dave Wells, an old Yankees pitcher. He was, he was kind of huge. Yeah. He's a big guy. And I believe he said, I think I want to, I would bet money it was Dave Wells, but he said something like, you know, people talk about he was big and he goes, you know, you can't pull fat, but you can pull muscle (laughs) and he's not wrong. (laughs) All these people who are super jacked and cut and do all the calisthenics and the yoga, they got all these muscles that are, that they can pull. That's right. And he's like, you can't pull fat.
1: (laughs) And he was like, I think he pitched deep into his forties. Well, you know, it's just such a different game nowadays. I mean, God, you know, it sucks that we're in the times where pitchers, starting pitchers won't go seven or eight innings, you know? You only need two guys, a pitcher and a closer. Now it's just all about the pitch count. And, you know, a guy like Strider, sometimes you worry, do you think he's going to blow his arm out and have to do Tommy John, you know, because that's been a big thing. Don't you speak that evil over him. But I guess that's that's why they have all the pitch count and stuff, and they try to limit what they can do because they don't want that to happen. So, but right. all this analytics you didn't used to be like that. Oh yeah. man, you sound you're sounding like a boomer. Used to be a manly game, but now it's all about math. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um. Let me see here. Well.
0: Go Braves. Um, go all Braves. right, let's talk, let's talk a little college football from this past weekend. Oh, okay. You want to um, dive into that? All right. Yeah, I want to dive into that because there was a lot,
1: <laughs> a to, lot to happen here.
0: Let's just go ahead and, and uh, talk about the, uh, the two hot seats in the region, Brian Harson and Jeff Collins. Oh, yeah. Neither yes. had great showings
1: on Saturday. Let's start with Auburn, your, your alma mater. yes. So we didn't even, I mean, I tried watching, I I watched four games that day. I recorded, I went to the tech Mississippi game and I was there for a quarter and then I came home and I watched it and then I watched the Auburn game and I watched the Ohio state game and I watched the Miami game and it was just that, that Auburn game. It was just so pathetic. I can't even tell you. I mean, offense just didn't do anything. Um, we're still running two quarterbacks, which, you know, it's, it's a cold, old cliche. If you got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterback and that's the case. That's couldn't true. get, couldn't get anything going. And then defense got molly by these guys at Penn state and out and got out coached by James Franklin and they do, they have a really good team. Um, usually I feel like Penn state is one of those teams that always, always disappoints because they you know, they get ranked so high and then they'll lose a game. Um, right. But maybe this time it's different, you know. So, who right. know. But, um, you know, it's it's not looking good for Auburn right now. Um, wow. And we got to play Missouri on Saturday. And I don't even know much about Missouri at all. They're I know they're, great. they're not very good. They're one of the worst teams in the East year in and year out. Um, you know, but we they're two are. They're 2-1 though. They're two and one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So their wins you know. are, are pretty non impressive. Louisiana Tech
0: yeah. and Abilene Christian.
1: Yeah. Well, in Auburn, uh, TJ Finley is out. So they're going to start the other guy, Ashford. And I guess we'll see Zach Calzada. But I think Zach Calzada has been uh, dealing with injuries, which is why they hadn't seen him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's t- to me, Harson is, you know,
0: I mean, he's been a dead man walking. He was dead yeah. man walking walking into the game before yeah. Penn State let him up.
1: The question is
0: how many games they're going to let him coach.
1: I think it's going to be, I don't know. It, it, I think it's going to be the the Georgia game.
0: Yeah, some people, some professionals who I listen to seem to think they'll just they'll just keep him and, and let and hang that Georgia loss on him before patting him on the
1: back and tell him to go away. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is the guy never should have been coaching here anyway. Um, you right. know, what Alan, what Alan Green did was basically buck the, buck the good old boy system and choose his own guy, which is fine, but he chose the wrong guy. Um, the winning, winning at Boise State does not equate to winning in the SEC, especially not the SEC West. And if you're not going to – if you're going to be your own dude and do that, you got to take recruiting seriously. Yeah, no, I don't think.
0: Yeah, if you're gonna not recruit well, like he yeah. has, you better be really good at, at coaching. coaching. Yeah,
1: and, and he doesn't nice. seem
0: to be very great at that. No, so it's like, what do you, at, what do you bring me? You know, <laughs> right?
1: That's right. You bring me, you bring me somebody who's stealing money. You know, that's what he's. Because like Dan
0: me. Mullen, even though he crashed out of Florida, I mean, he was he, he was a pretty he's a pretty good
1: coach. He just yeah. couldn't recruit. He he wasn't a recruiter, but he was right. a good coach. Um, and I think at Mississippi State, it was such a deal where he could get the best players in, mis- in the state of Mississippi and, and coach them up, you know, or their surrounding right. areas. And it wasn't as right. a big a deal to be recruiting. You could, right. do, you could recruit okay and coach them up. But at a place like Florida, you can't do that because it's just Kirby and Nick Saban have changed the game. So it's keeping up with the Joneses and – uh, you know, Auburn has historically been like this. It's not going to be, you know, I don't know. It, it's it's really frustrating. It really is. There's no reason for Auburn not to win eight or nine games a year, and there's no reason for them to be blown out by any of their rivals. Right. Uh, so, but it it is what it is, and you know, I I think that I don't even know how much the buyout is, but it's a lot. Um you know so i think realistically they probably could keep him the whole year and a buyout will be like a you know a little bit cheaper but uh and they might as well because you know what are you going to do it's a shit show who, who are you you going to make the interim coach but and then so i don't know and then i've heard uh one of the rumors i've heard about is is Deon Sanders um a potential <laughs> candidate like primetime yeah primetime
0: He's over at Jacksonville State, right? No, Jackson, Jackson State. Jackson State, yeah. Not Jackson. Jacksonville State is a college in Alabama, but it's not yes. that one, right?
1: I have, surprisingly, get, you, you won't believe this, but I have family that have gone to Jacksonville State. I do believe that because you have family <laughs> freaking everywhere. <laughs> That's Ashley's family, though. No, uh, it's Ashley's then, side, okay. Yeah. But um, the, uh, what was I going to say? So. How would you feel about Deanna? Apparently he can recruit well because didn't he poach? Yeah a
0: really highly sought-after recruit to go to Jackson State, and people were like, oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. they basically probably paid him a million dollars. But the fact that he still was able to convince him to take the million and not play at a big-time
1: school was pretty impressive. Yes. And uh, another rumor is that it's not just the Auburn job that he would be a consideration for. (laughs) Georgia Tech, surprisingly, is in in that mix as well.
0: What a transition.
1: Uh, What a transition to Georgia Tech. Wouldn't that be funny? But, you know, so... I, I grew up a Georgia Tech fan because my dad went there. Um, so I, I spent years suffering through that, and then they were good. And the game that broke me was the 2002 Georgia Georgia Tech game where Tech lost 51 7. And that just like broke my football soul. It was just. That was I a lot of
0: points it. back in 2000. Oh, yeah. Uh, one.
1: Was it 2001
0: or 2002? It was
1: 2002. They had got blown yeah. out in 2001 as well. Nowadays, you
0: see 51 to 7, you're like, oh, that's just a
1: beatdown. Yeah. But back yeah. then, 51 points were like, yeesh. And I was there. I was in Athens. And it literally oh. broke my spirit, man. It crushed me. Um, so that's sorry. how serious. <laughs> that's how serious I was about it. And I was like, man, I can't do this anymore. Because I had Georgia fans in my family who would make fun. And just like, I couldn't take it anymore. So I was like, if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> um, so then I, I had a love hate relationship with tech, but anyway, that's how that happened. But, well, um,
0: normally yeah. I'm, you know, normally there is honor and persevering alongside a team that is in, in hard times, but what tech has become right now is, Oh, it's a shit show. It's really hard. It's really hard to like, cause I, it's because I re- like, for example, yeah. I don't know if you gotta, if you gotta look at this, but, uh. Earlier, somebody posted a there's an athletic article out there that Jeff Schultz, who I normally just don't think very much like he's whatever. Oh, he's like old crotchety. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. old crotchety boomer. He's like the I couldn't boomer stand
1: tech. Him. I couldn't stand him at the AJC, but yeah, he puts yeah. out some good stuff every once in a
0: while. So yeah, so he writes to the athletic uh, and he put out uh, he interviewed a bunch of former tech players on their opinions of Collins and like the state of the program.
1: Yeah. And it's it's rough. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> It's rough. Well, it's funny is that uh, Joe Hamilton, who I listen to every day on 680 The Fan on the locker room, he's now the color analyst uh, for, for the football radio network for Tech. And so what I find is interesting is I feel like he's holding back on 680 The Fan on his opinion of the coach because right. he doesn't mm-hmm. ruffle any feathers. But I – and the problem is the buyout. The problem with Tech as has always been is the money. Um the athletic department does not have a great deal of money to do a lot of this stuff. Um but I think if you piss off the wrong people there they're going to fire him. Uh right. and they might fire they might fire the athletic director too. Um I read if he fire, if he gets fired like before the season ends they have to pay him 7 million dollars or something or it might be 11. I I can't remember what I saw but it was it was one of those uh, it drops if they keep him – if they fire him after the season's over, it drops by like $3 million. So either right. way, he's, he's owed this money. So there's two trains of thought here. You can keep this guy on as the head coach for the rest of his contract and see how crappy it gets and then get somebody new. But I, I, I don't think you can – this is a climate that you can't really afford to do that either. Because the further you keep going down this path of only winning two or three games a year and not even being competitive in games, the more irrelevant and even harder it's going to be to rebuild that.
0: Yeah. Um, and, you know, he was saying, J- Jeff Schultz in this article mentioned yeah. this, but Jeff Collins very much a buzzwordy kind of coach, you know, oh, he's yeah. big, on, big yeah. on brand and marketing, which yeah. I don't know, that would get my attention if I was interviewing. I was like, OK, this guy gets it. But well, in a day it, it, and age yeah. where that is really important, it's not to say it's not important. If you don't yeah. have the goods, if you can't back it up with some wins, with coaching, or like a, yeah. like even like a bowl game, you know, if you don't oh, have yeah, anything yeah. like a bowl game, then then, then, then all of the branding and marketing in the world ain't going to help you. Right. So right well, now the I, tech I you, brand is struggling. It's suffering. And and, uh, and
1: I grew up and and I grew up in a time where they went to I think it was like nineteen bowl games in a row. I mean, it was crazy. Like they actually had a decent program. Um, You know, and, and then it, it really, as good as Paul Johnson was at Georgia Tech, I really feel like the option offense set the program back in such a way that if you didn't continue running the option offense, there's no way to really be, you know, competitive, unfortunately. So now they're in this boat where they've switched away from that. But the coaching is horrible. Um, you know, there's no adjustments, there's no, we got this Jeff Sims guy who seems like he has potential to be a good athlete. He, he makes horrible decisions passing and running and, and just, he's just inept not mm-hmm. to say that, you know, it's not all his fault, but you know, I, well, hard. When, when you, you look, see, a, yeah.
0: when you see some quarterbacks coached up yeah. by certain coaches, it's hard, not, it's hard
1: to blame it all on the player. Right. Well, and you look at the whole thing and it's not just him because the last power, last five games that they played against power five teams, they, they've lost 183 to 10 and that's right. coaching. That's all that is, is coaching. That's um, really bad. Yeah. I mean, that's say boring. that again,
0: 183 to 10
1: in the last three games, yeah. 183 to 10. I mean, that um, is about
0: it. Like what, that's, like, that's, how can that's, you not just get rid of this guy? I guess it's the money techs, yeah, tech's it's, uh, it's the money Athletic um, department. Is it flush with cash? So it makes yeah. a difference when you're telling them, yeah, when you're saying yeah. 7 million now versus 2 million later or whatever the numbers were.
1: But I was um, I was talking to my dad about it, who knows a little bit more about it on the inside of how this stuff works since he worked at Tech for 20 years. Um, he's saying they have money to fire people. They have money to do this. Um, you know, I think that they're I I think if he loses Saturday – Because I've read a lot of rumors saying that he might be fired before Saturday, which is crazy to me. I don't know how they're going to do that. But if he loses, let's say they get blown out by Central Florida. If they fire him, I mean, they're going to – I don't know. Georgia Tech needs to decide if they want to be a successful football program. They need to decide – and here's what I don't understand. The school is all about how you know excelling in every level of academia – um, why not put that same devotion to the athletic departments too? Like you need to make that commitment um, if you're going to be relevant. Otherwise, they might as well just be a Division two or Division three team. Um, you true. know, because there's no point in watching the sh- same shit show. Or every they can Saturday. take a
0: seat. They can take a seat next to Duke and just care about basketball and just yeah. fund it in.
1: Well, well, even that, even basketball. Right. They uh, they made it to the tournament a couple of years ago and they gave the coach an extension. And then last year they sucked again, and it's like, what you know, I I don't know. It's it's a it's a mess. The the AD is a former Letterman at Tech, um, but I just I don't know, man. It, it's a real mess there. They need to do they. If it was me, I'd fire, I'd fire the athletic depart, director too, and I'd start over. And yeah, I'd try to get somebody like Deion Sanders, which would be something of excitement, you know? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it won't be boring. No. Well, and he, you know, he played for the Falcons, you know, for years. Right, And And Tech is the University of Atlanta. So, right. And so, but anyway, that would be interesting. It is going to be fascinating to see if Dion gets a job at one of these Power 5 schools. I mean, Arizona State's open, you know, obviously Nebraska. But, you know, Nebraska's, I think, an anomaly. I don't know that that is an attractive job anymore because nobody wants to go to the cornfields.
0: Nebraska got their asses kicked by Oklahoma. Yeah. Like, it was like, I think they scored on their first drive. Nebraska did. I remember watching part of it. They scored on their first drive and then did nothing the entire game. Yeah. Like, at all. And yeah. I think scored another touchdown in garbage time when Oklahoma had, like, their third string in. Oh,
1: my gosh. And
0: Oklahoma yeah. just blasted them for, like, four, almost four entire quarters if you take mm-hmm. away the garbage time
1: touchdown and the scripted opening drive. And uh, did, you, did you see any of the Miami-Texas A&M game?
0: No, I was going to ask you about that because I know you worked for yeah. Miami for a little bit. Um, so, the,
1: I thought, uh, okay, yeah. no, no,
0: no, I did. And I remember well, I remember ha- I had it on and yeah. I sent a message in our Discord and I said, this game is literally ambient." Yeah. <laughs> I it, was it, like, it's like, I could not keep my eyes open. Like, I, I either need to do something else or I'm about to fall asleep.
1: Yeah. The, the Miami offense was so anemic. Um, Tyler Van Dyke is a super hyped up quarterback and the, the coach made all these conservative play calls where they should have went for it on fourth downs. I think they were in the red zone like four or five times and they went, ended up going for field goals and they missed two field goals. Um, and the, it was just, and not, and Texas A&M didn't look that great either. Um, no, but man, neither it, team. It, it was yeah. boring. It was boring. It was a crap game, you know.
0: Yeah, it was a crappy game. I think it's like uh, one of those things where both teams are just kind of bad. Yeah, but for, you know, but they're ranked because of their their name and preseason ranking. So exactly.
1: Which brings me so back you to got. that, you know, preseason rankings. I realize you you need them to design these matchups and make them fun and interesting, <laughs> but it is such bullcrap, you know that. <laughs> I guess they all weed themselves out. But like I was watching the uh, Ohio State game, they were playing, um, I think it was Akron or somebody, some crap team in Ohio. And, um, you know, it looks like the Heisman race is now going to be Stetson Bennett and CJ Stroud.
0: (laughs) Unironically, Stetson Bennett. Uh, I know. I know. He's like playing out of his mind. I'm like, let's go. This
1: is, yeah, dude. He's like, he's balling, man. Like, I know they got Kent State on Saturday. So he should be playing for like the first half, but uh, you know, I think that that game obviously should be over by halftime, if not sooner.
0: Well, a lot of the games we played this year have been over by halftime. Yeah, and he's gone out there for the third quarter and pretty much played the whole thing. Well, and I so think I don't know if that's of, Kirby and and Monk and being like, let's get this boy some stats, you know.
1: Well, I think part of it's that, but I think part of it too was you remember last year when. It was like that almost every game. And I feel like when the SEC championship game happened, I'm not so sure that all their starters were used to playing four full quarters. And I think maybe it's partly that of trying to keep that, you know, intensity level up and just trying to make sure, hey, you know, you need to be on when this is not, you know, just blowing somebody out. We're able to stay healthy and, and energy wise. So I think that plays a role in it.
0: For sure. Um, the only other game I wanted to mention, yeah, and then we can move on. or um, was it? It was early in the day. Um, yeah, Florida eked by South Florida with a three point oh,
1: yeah. win. and yeah. it was
0: one of those things where what <laughs> the only reason I really didn't watch it, but I, you know, obviously don't like Florida at all. But yeah. people were saying how it was another game where Anthony Richardson hadn't thrown a touchdown yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now he did have. He didn't. He also did not have a, a rushing touchdown either. But he yeah. did throw two picks. And so, the first game <laughs> of the season, he obviously played really well. Right. Um. But, and people were like, "Oh, it's the second coming
1: of Cam Newton." It's fascinating, man. I don't know who's who's Florida playing this week.
0: Uh, they play Tennessee, I believe. Tennessee. Oh, that should be a good game. Yeah. It's the uh, uh, CBS game, 330. Oh, okay. Yeah. i playing Tennessee. It's one of those games where I want both teams to lose.
1: Oh, yeah. but Somebody's got to win. Somebody's going to have
0: to win. I don't know. I, I just thought it was funny to, like, kind of hate watch Anthony Richardson and be like,
1: uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's always fun watching Florida, you know, flail around and play incompetent football.
0: Also, Oregon pounded BYU. He was number 12. Oh, yeah and yeah. uh you know
1: bo nicks actually played well i heard <laughs> yeah. i mean
0: it's a home game you know yeah so there you go that's nice um anyhow so i wanted very quickly just look ahead this yeah. weekend
1: let's see yeah let me i don't even know what's going on this weekend well, okay so there's so-
0: florida tennessee at 3:30. That's that's watching. i'm just gonna okay. go through ones that are worth watching um if you're into yeah. thursday night football west virginia virginia tech whatever Ooh, okay i mean they're both in virginia if you're into that go for it um let me see
1: uh all right noon Did you do have clemson do what they're border states they're not both in virginia <laughs> oh yeah i'm an idiot <laughs> no worries listen i'm on
0: little sleep and drinking an energy drink But there's still got to be some sort of rivalry between them, right? I mean, one's West Virginia, the other's Virginia. They
1: used to play. They used to play each other every year in the uh, Big East. So that's right. it's an old rivalry. Then
0: Tech left first. Virginia Tech left the the Big East first, right?
1: I think. Well, I think what it was was uh, it was Virginia Tech, Boston College, and Miami all left at the same time to join. Yeah, Yeah. that was. I think that was two thousand three or two thousand four when
0: that happened. Right when we we hit, I think we were freshman in college. I think.
1: Yeah, Um, Yeah. and that was the whole thing where the ACC thought that, oh, now this is going to set up to have Florida State and Miami play every year for the title, and (laughs) ironically enough, Miami has not ever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is not not what's happened.
0: If you're looking for a noon game, we can get your Auburn game out of the way real quick. It's a noon kick. Oh, yeah. Uh, Missouri-Auburn. Clemson plays Wake Forest at noon.
1: Yeah. Okay, um, that'll be a good game, and the Clemson probably pull, pull away.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, I already mentioned Florida, Tennessee. Um, Tennessee's still undefeated, the number eleven. Um, and, so that, that and, and they be, have the edge at quarterback, you could say.
1: Yeah,
0: and then Hooker's probably well, the best quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC.
1: I think this Josh Heupel guy. I think he's. I think he's really. You know, at least the past year and a half, shown that they've got a legitimate offense. You know, and maybe right. this this game this game is going to prove to be who will be, you know, playing for second best in the East. Obviously, right? Because um, I feel like Georgia's – What ha- has happened now is is Georgia has so many amazing players. It just doesn't matter, you know it's going to be, when Georgia plays Tennessee or Florida, there possibly could be blowouts easily in the first half uh, Mm -hmm. because of the talent gap. Um, And no amount of coaching can cover that up. So, but, and I I, I think the the Auburn-Missouri game could be, it'll probably be a close game. I I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to watch that over
0: over uh, Clemson-Wakeport. I might put both on.
1: Yeah, um, Clemson Wake 4 should be a good game though. Because yeah. Wake is Wake still undefeated? Yes. I think this is. I think they said this the first time that um, Wake, Duke, North Carolina, and NC State are all undefeated in football, and like some so many years.
0: Yes, that's true. I saw that stat floating around out there. Yeah, um, I just
1: I haven't. It, my thing is I just hadn't had time to look at all this stuff. You know, right? It's just so busy. It's been busy.
0: <laughs> It's been busy, man. I get it. I just moved, so yeah. You know, yeah. You you helped me a few times here and there.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, the night game is Arkansas Texas a And M. So oh, that
1: should be a fun game.
0: Yeah, that's not bad.
1: Is 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 Arkansas still undefeated too? Uh, well, Texas a And M is not
0: undefeated, but Arkansas is undefeated.
1: Arkansas is that will be interesting. I maybe Arkansas will be the second best team in the West. You know. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, who and who's LSU playing this week? Do they have off week or something? Or
0: No, LSU plays New Mexico. Oh, New Mexico. Yeah. From uh, the Mountain so West.
1: We're, we're, really, we're really not going to know how good or bad Brian Kelly is until he gets deep into the conference play.
0: <laughs> That's true, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um,
1: what's funny is we play... You know, the reason we moved the Georgia game to midseason is because we are tired of playing. The problem, here's how all that came about, right? So for years, it used to be Georgia would be a home game. Alabama would be an away game. Well, I don't remember what year it was that it all got screwed up. I think it was when Texas A&M and Missouri came into the conference. Everything flipped. So Georgia and Alabama became back-to-back home games and back-to-back away games every year. So that's when Auburn was like, hey, you know, it might be better for us to play, in, you know, Georgia earlier in the year. And then the funny part of the whole damn thing is that now the past two years we played Georgia, the next game has been LSU. <laughs> so <laughs> It's just like what, you know, we didn't really help ourselves. So, but yeah, <laughs> no, I because I think this year. I think we have to go to LSU after we play you guys uh, at Athens. Um, so I think you know yep. it, the Brian Herson train could be blowing up pretty soon. And <laughs> I don't know if you saw this quote from Terry Bowden Mm-mm. about um, you could win you could win ten games at Auburn and you'd have you know you'd save your career, but you wouldn't save your job uh, as the head coach. <laughs> That's, that is a good quote. Yeah, I didn't know. He's, I have not heard that. He's coaching at UL Monroe um, now. He was at Akron for a while, but now he's at UL Monroe. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out. But oh, I think that, Oh,
0: and if you're into Pac-12 action, yeah, USC goes on the road to Oregon State to play the Beavs. Ooh, the Beavs. Yeah. That, and, uh, that should be fun. USC is number that, seven simply because of USC and they have Lincoln Riley now. So that's kind of like a tenuous number seven. They play oh, well, yeah. don't get me wrong. Uh, but Oregon State's not terrible. I think USC's only favored by like six and a half points.
1: So what What do you think made Lincoln Riley decide it's time to leave Oklahoma? I mean, obviously money, but what, I mean, do you feel like he just got burned out of being a Bob Stoops shadow or, you so, know?
0: I don't know. I really couldn't tell you unless he's like, uh, <laughs> He he! Real he could read the writing on the wall, and he saw where NIL was going, and transfer portal situation was yeah. going, and he said, "You know, I I can market a much more attractive situation from L.A. in Los Angeles, and they have yeah, all the money in the world than I can from yeah. Oklahoma." And he, yeah. he doesn't seem like a dumb guy, so I'm pretty sure he no. probably considered that. Yeah, um, I don't know. That's probably my guy, and you know Oklahoma going to the SEC. He's probably like, "This shit's only gonna get harder."
1: <laughs> you oh know? yeah, that's it's not right. Not gonna get that's any other, easier yeah. for me. Um,
0: yeah. So, yeah. So it's kind of like a kind of a slower football week, but every time we think that something happens, crazy stuff
1: happens. Like for yeah. example,
0: Wisconsin playing Ohio State. I don't know. Oh yeah,
1: that could be. Yeah.
0: Ohio, Is State, it Ohio State could probably should probably win that game handily, but you know.
1: Is it no, is it's the game? Is the game Ohio? Okay, <laughs> if it was at Camp Randall, I might I might be weary about it, but it'll still be a good game, right? Uh, but you know, this whole coaching thing, man, like it's it's a distraction. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. what you know, and Central Florida is uh, coached by Gus Malzahn, so that that's another interesting, you know, the, the Gus bus,
0: the Tex the Tex playing Gus Malzahn's team.
1: Yeah. <laughs> playing Gus that's funny. In Orlando. That's this funny. this it was a funny, another funny quote was, oh, yeah, this would be, this is like a bowl game. This is the only time they'll get to go to Orlando this year. <laughs> just pretend it's your bowl game. Um, this is as close as you're getting. That's right. That's right. Oh, you man. know? Dude, I, I tell you though, it's, it's like the fans, the alumni are like just pissed beyond belief. Like it's, I don't know. You just, it's how much longer can you keep watching the same old crap and expect that, you know, I don't know. its It should be, they shouldn't have a problem being competitive in football. That's my point. I realize they're not a program that's going to be a top 10 every year, but they should be able to win and go to a bowl game every year and they should play, should be able to keep up with the big boys at least for four quarters.
0: (laughs) Right. No, I totally agree. It should not, they should not be as bad as they are um anyway well before we wrap i wanted to ask you one question sure what is the dumbest take you heard in the past seven days it can be about any sport college football Mm -hmm. baseball be anything like you heard it and immediately you were like that's or read it and immediately you were like that's really stupid i'll go first yeah go for Um, it give you time to think about it This was tweeted by Dave Portnoy, president of Barstool Sports, or whatever he is now. Um, He he basically tweeted Georgia's score differential, which is 120, and then Michigan's score differential, which is 149, and he said, who's the death machine again? Michigan's strength of schedule is 131 out of 131.
1: Right. If they played in the SEC (laughs) West or the SEC East, They'd maybe lose four or five games a year. That's a pretty I mean, bad take. <laughs> yeah, that's a horrible take.
0: That's really bad. I couldn't um, like uh, I believe Scott posted that, and I, and I, as soon as I read that, I was like, there's no way I can't mention that that's pretty, yeah. like that's the reason why me and Scott wanted to like start doing like a like a stupid podcast in, you know where we talk about dumb takes. We used to like um I actually enjoy just talking sports now, but before we would just fill it yeah. up with really stupid takes, and maybe we'll do that for an episode coming fun. up we used to do that it's so, just take, it takes a lot of work because then you're like yeah you're like you trolling twitter like social
1: media yeah yeah, yeah yeah
0: you're trolling you're scouting twitter for like the dumbest takes and you're posting them all and then you just go through them it's a lot it's a lot of fun we'll have to do that again
1: coming up so i don't really have one but i i would tell you that a lot of the dumb takes that i hear come from like jim rome on uh in between <laughs> radio shows was, they always do the, what? they always do the clip So when I'm watching or when I'm listening to 92.9, the game um, sports talk here in the day, before they go into break, they always do some, some little snippet from one of the national guys. Yeah. And a lot of times they do Jim Rome and he just says this dumbest stuff you've ever heard. And I'm like, why is this guy still relevant? I mean, this is the guy who, I don't know if you recall this or hear, hear about it, but there was, I can't remember who he was interviewing but he called him by some name that wasn't the guy's name. And the guy was like, if you do this one more time, I'm going to beat your ass. And he, he pretty much did. And the Jim Rome just like started running away, scared and stuff. And it's like, man, you know, that's, that's pretty crazy. So, but yeah,
0: <laughs> usually it's, I mean, I find that easy to believe he was doing dumb yeah. takes before dump takes were very easy to find he on Twitter. Yeah. He made it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So,
1: but no, I think that's cool. Um, I was trying to think what else I was wanting want to talk about sports wise. Um, yeah, man, on. well, um, oh, the Falcons. So, <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on these guys, but I, I think Art, Arthur Smith is a clown. Um, this is a guy who didn't have head coaching experience. And Arthur Blank probably hired him because probably nobody wanted the damn Falcons job because they literally are like the professional version of Georgia Tech. They just stink and stink. You know, they screw up in the most insane ways. Um, and They're making it, um, I believe the,
0: the phrase going around a lot in our little discord is, yeah, it's performance art at this point. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah. What, what in what new way can we mess up the, very publicly? Right,
1: right. And to have Marcus Mariota, I mean, it just, over Matt Ryan, listen, I get Matt Ryan's contract sucked, but Matt Ryan was a much better quarterback than Mariota. Not that Matt Ryan's having a great year right now, but it's like this guy can't do shit. Like he's okay, and then he just sucks. You know, he's horrible. He'll fumble and throw interceptions, and, you know, he's he's part of the reason they've lost two games. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I think the Falcons have a real identity problem, much like Tech, where they are. with the Falcons' identity is they choke, and they, you know, they're what were they down twenty eight to three at one point? I mean, it's still, I, I, I don't <laughs> understand. Here's here's what I don't get about the NFL: all of these guys are professional athletes. Why can they not be competitive? You know what I mean? Like they're not. You can't tell me that the guys on our team versus some other team. Are that much better or worse, and that goes back to coaching. It's like, what what's so hard about this? You know, um, <laughs> I I don't know, but you know, we're we're armchair quarterbacks. So what do we know, right? So, but I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of where I'm at. I, I'm tired of hearing Arthur Smith get defensive when the media asks him what he thinks are stupid questions and saying stuff like, "Oh, here's the stupid take." It's Arthur Smith saying, "Oh, this is not fantasy football." I'm like, well, damn, it should be because that would be – if it was, then you, you, your guys are getting good stats. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how do you – they were asking him today, why wasn't he uh, – why wasn't Kyle Pitts getting more targets? And he's like, oh, he was. I'm like, bullcrap. Like this is – you know, I just – I'm over it. I'm, I'm done with these dumb coaches, man. I don't know, and and I I really believe Arthur Blank has lost touch with reality on that. Well, when you take when you
0: take Kyle Pitts at the spot you took him at, you're going to get that
1: question. Right. It's not
0: like they drafted him in the third round, and he was you know he fell to them or anything like. Well,
1: and at what point? At what point do you like? We have needed offensive linemen for years, and we still don't draft.
0: I think the only offensive lineman that was worth his salt was Alex Mack.
1: Yeah, and the ones that they drafted sucked. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Mayfield and and who's the other one? Caleb McGarry. Oh my God, that guy's a you know. I don't know these these people. It just I it makes me lose interest in the NFL because I just can't sit there and waste time watching.
0: That was a me three team. or four years ago, man. That was me. Yeah. It kind of synced up I, uh, with the whole taking a knee thing.
1: Yeah, and so like, I had to be I'm clear. I was like,
0: I don't really yeah. give a crap about that. I'm just not watching yeah. more because. I don't really care because the Falcons are just gonna Falcon.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's the and, and that is what it has become. It's about watching to see how the Falcons are gonna Falcon. Um, yep. And unfortunately for Arthur Blank, I feel like this has bled over to Atlanta United as well uh, with his hires in the coaching staff. Um, yeah, they need you know, a, they I need
0: a, uh, a new technical director.
1: Yeah, like I don't think Bocanegra is that good anymore. I don't know. It just I think since Tata left. Well, it's, and it's not yet. even
0: there have been bad hires since Tata left. Yeah. For sure. Um I think I think the players yeah. I think the the players that they have brought in have not um been the right ones yeah. to provide them, you know, what they need on the field. Like they've been getting the how do I say this? They've been getting like the best player they can possibly get regardless of um how do I say this? How they fit the team So they're like right. oh this is a highly Tied player being scouted by Europe If we could poach him yeah. and he comes Here we know we're going to get return On investment because Europe's going to Come purchase this guy for lots of money I get that yeah but if that yeah. Player doesn't fit your team he's not going to look Well then what's the point point? and your team's not well. Going to play yeah. well and so it was all Cause for not
1: Yeah because it's like baseball Where all these guys are drama queens and They can't play with each other you know I mean <laughs> I do, and uh, and this is the last thing I'll talk, I, I have that I wanted to bring up that I heard about. Um, so Aaron judge was, he hit his 60th home run this year. He did um, hit 60. Yeah, I think so. And so the guy that caught the ball um, gave it back to him for free. And it, what they got in return was he got uh, four signed baseballs for him and his buddies and a game-used bat, not the bat that he hit the home run with, but a game-used bat. And now they're saying that ball that he gave back to the Aaron Judge is worth like two hundred or $300,000. I mean, I would have so been if like... if you're that guy, would you sell it? Oh, I would have definitely sold it, you know? I but mean, but hey, keep in mind, a, in
0: this scenario, you're a Yankees fan.
1: Well, you know, if I was a Yankees fan, geez. Would you keep it wouldn't or would that you be, sell wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be the life? That sounds. like wow. That'd be like if you're an Alabama fan, you know. Oh, shut up! You're a Braves fan, and they're great, just like me. I'm what? A great no, fan. that's right. Well, let me ask you. When when did you get like? When was it that you got into college football? Was it when you started Georgia, or did you have any interest? Year before?
0: Year before I went to Georgia, so I knew I was a. Uh, when it became clear I wasn't going to go to like a smaller college, and that I yeah. was just going to go to a big public one. Yeah, um, my dad was like, you know. You never really watch college football. You should know you are going to a school that really likes college football, so you should probably watch. Oh some. yeah, and so I yeah. did, and that would have been oh, two thousand three season. Okay, More yeah, like that, maybe oh two oh three.
1: Not yeah. a bad time David, to start watching Georgia. Had yeah.
0: Pollock and Green, David Green, yeah, and uh, and uh, Fred God, Gibson had, and Greg Blue, Fred all those Gibson. people. And yeah. so I watched it for about a year, and I was like, all right, this is really cool because we were always really busy on Saturdays. We always just like did stuff. I like yeah. so I never really was home to watch it, um, so so the earliest like, sports stuff I would do was always baseball, that's why baseball I'm the biggest yeah. Braves fan because I you know when I was little, I'd go with my dad to Fulton County Stadium and watch Braves games, and so yeah, Braves, so, I think, are the number one in my heart, I'll have to say, but but yeah,
1: so with me that's that's similar like so i I you know, I was born in Texas and I lived there till I was three, and then we moved to Alabama. And my dad, you know, would take me to Georgia Tech games and he'd take me to Braves games. So that's how I got into it. And I was a big Braves fan. But I was also, um, because I was from Dallas, Texas, I I was a Cowboys fan in the 90s when they won all the titles. Um, But then what happened was, because I just got, I got disenchanted with Michael Irvin because he kept getting in trouble with the law and cocaine and stuff.
0: He couldn't stop. Uh, I was like,
1: yeah. So I was like, "Well, I'm just gonna pull for a team that I think is gonna go to the Super Bowl." And so mm-hmm. every year I did that for a few years, and I had a good run going, and then I got stuck on the dang Falcons, and it's just <laughs> been a nightmare ever since. I mean, um, they were an attempting
0: but, They were a sexy Super Bowl yeah. pick in those years that they had that good offense, you know.
1: Oh yeah, well heck, can you imagine if Mike Vick never went to prison? Had he worked on his craft and whatnot, yeah, um, I think we probably won. Like, we could have gone to the Super Bowl, you know. I mean um, he wasn't
0: he was beating Brett Favre in Lambeau when Brett Favre was not old yeah. and like going, right. he was and, and Mike Vick was going through the motions let's be honest. He
1: was he was the most electrifying player in NFL. And then you know Matt Ryan fell into our laps and that you know I mean, turned out pretty too. well. I
0: like Matt Ryan a yeah.
1: lot. Yeah, I do too. Um but it's it's so disenchanting man and you know I don't know so I for NFL I try to follow the the Falcons, the Dolphins, and and the Cowboys. Since I've lived in those three cities, but it's it's hard to it's hard with all the other teams I keep up with in college to even put any time towards it. Yeah. So. Yeah. But that's so, and that's and the last thing though, I because I know people give me shit about all my, or at least Ashley, my wife gives me shit about all my allegiances. Mm-hmm. It's basically it's four. There's four. You know, it's Auburn, Georgia Tech, Miami and ohio state and the reason i have legitimate reasons my grandpa graduated from ohio state so i grew up pulling for them obviously my dad went to tech i went to auburn and then i worked two and a half years at miami and when you work somewhere for that long and it's like you fall in love with the team so yeah that makes sense but yeah that's why i pull for good who I, pull for. I
0: don't really pull for another exactly. college i yeah. guess honestly i'll I got a lot of really good friends that went to Auburn. So I don't like yeah. dislike Auburn. I want to beat Auburn. But like what other team yeah. in the SEC am I going to root for? You know, like right. what are the other what's the other SEC West team? I'm like, oh yeah, this one should definitely win above Auburn.
1: Like I don't know. Oh well and that's that's the thing is like I can never I it's hard for me for to pull for Florida in anything. And then um I actually, you know, I've been to Miami, Florida State, and I've been to Miami and Florida. Um, both games were insane. Florida state destroyed Miami the time I was there, but we, Miami did beat Florida in the one game I went to, and it was one of the hottest, muggiest games. That's what's so crazy about Miami is I, in Miami, I experienced one of the hottest games I've ever been to and one of the coldest games I've ever been to, um, (laughs) Miami versus Florida in 2013 was one of the muggiest, hottest games I've ever been to. And I almost passed out. Spent most of the time inside the concourse because it was just so damn humid. And then the Orange Bowl in 2010 when Georgia Tech played Iowa, it was like 37 degrees and the wind chill was like 20 or something crazy like Whoa. that. And we ended up getting fleece blankets from Walmart sitting in the stands and then Tech got beat 24 to 10 by Iowa at the Hawkeyes. So that was that, that was sucks. fun. but. <laughs> yeah.